Hey. Hey, I made it. Yes. <laughs> that. Holy cow. I'm like, what's going on? I don't know. Okay, good. Oh, I'm glad I'm here. Yes, yes. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that was an adventure. <laughs> yes, it was. I'm like, what's going on? Sitting on Zoom. I'm like, hmm. Let me just email him and find out <laughs> what are we recording with. <laughs> uh, yes. So before we start, I just want to say thank you for accepting my invitation and coming on to my podcast. Thank you so much. Heck yeah, of course. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> You're welcome. And how are you doing, by the way? Oh, I'm fantastic. Today's a beautiful day, as are most uh days. Yes, right? That's all we can hope for, right? That's it. That's it. Got to find a nugget in every single day. Just a little one will do. Yes, it don't have to be big. Just be small That's enough you can right. see it. That's right. That's right. So your first topic is how do you suggest couples move through adversity well? Oh, Jeez, how much time do we have on this podcast? <laughs> as much time as you need. There's no time limit here. <laughs> oh, yikes. That's a lot. Okay. Well, so I, I'm a fertility specialist, right? So I know about adversity well, very well with dumb. Um, my husband and I actually almost ended um, during the infertility struggle. So um, I know a thing or two about that. Right. So I can speak both from personal experience of adversity and from a professional um, experience because I'm also a mental health counselor and I work with couples a lot. So the first thing that I would recommend for couples to do is pay attention to their own individual needs and things that they need to improve on <laughs> rather than pointing the finger at the other person. That's probably the very first thing that I personally learned is to allow my husband to be who he is rather than needing him to be different than who he is. Right. So how I processed, for example, the fertility struggle was um, quite different than how he processed and moved through the fertility issues. And <clears throat> I resented him because it seemed like he was moving through it with relative ease and I was losing my mind. And so I judged him for that, wanted him to be different, wanted to do things different. And it just created more and more struggle. So the very first thing that I would recommend is for um, each party in a couple to recognize their own shortcomings, pay attention to their own needs, to their own things that need to be different and uh, respect and honor that the other person is on their own path as well. The next thing that I would recommend is really healthy, beautiful communication. And sometimes it doesn't look pretty. Uh, it just needs to come from tenderness and no below the belt hits. So what I mean by that is no name calling, no dredging up past stuff and, you know, using it for um, daggers. Um, it really is a way, a healthy communication is a way to honor the other person's process without trampling on them. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. So there's a lot more that I can say about how couples can move through adversity, but those are my top two things that I would recommend. Got you. I feel like one of the biggest issues, people do try to change the other person. I'm like, you're damaging the person and the relationship at the same time. 
That's exactly right. Exactly right. And it goes nowhere. It just makes things worse. So, and I know that from personal experience and from my counseling office. It just doesn't help. <laughs> I totally believe it. You got to allow a person to be who they are. Everybody has flaws. That's right. Our messy, crazy selves. We, we just have to allow each other to be that. There you go. Most importantly, be there for each other. Right. 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 And take care of yourself too, right? Because when you take care of yourself, then you show up better for right. the other person. So yeah, take care of yourself. Yes, because you definitely don't want to be a, a shell of yourself. Yeah. Well, also when you don't take care of yourself and you're just like trying to do the things of daily life, when you're just trying to move through stuff and get things done, then, and then you get more and more, um, I don't know, burdened, then that makes interaction with your partner that much more difficult, right? You're just not there for them. You're not able to be open for them and um, gentle with them and honoring who they are. You're, you're just like, irritated, irritable, irritated. Um, just do what I want you to do. That's it. I don't want to hear what you have to say. Right. You, kind of <laughs> show, you just show up that way rather than in a gentle, peaceful place. So definitely loving somebody else starts with loving yourself, taking care of yourself, being gentle with yourself, self-compassionate with yourself, and then the compassion and the gentleness and the ease and the healthy interactions can happen outside of you. It's like you're in a relationship, like your body's there, but your mind is somewhere else. That's right. That's right. And it's just trying to stay above water, especially when you're dealing with adversity. Right. I'm, I know that couples all over who are listening to this right now experience that and are still experiencing that through this COVID stuff because it is really, really difficult at times, very difficult. And so I know that folks know what I mean, that you just get lost and downtrodden and caught up in your own stuff. And it's, you're just far less capable of being there for your partner. Right. I know a lot of people like we've been talking about with this pandemic have gone through deep depression, whether they lost their jobs or they have bad mental health or a lack of support system, all sorts of things have been going on. Exactly. Exactly. It's, tiresome. <laughs> yeah. It's tiresome. So everybody, please do something to take care of yourself today. Go have, go do something that's fun and it doesn't have to cost like a billion dollars. Just like go and turn on some music and dance in your living room, like whatever it takes to feel, you know, that nugget that we talked about at the beginning of today, right? This, right. this interview, just find something small that makes you smile, you know, that's it. That's all it takes to alleviate just a little bit of that pressure. Yeah, you got to shake the cobwebs off. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of cobwebs, don't we? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. We just can't get caught up in uh, Charlotte's web at all. I know. <laughs> uh, and there are webs all over the place. They're all, they're all opportunities to learn this skill even more. That's all right. they are. Every day is a grind. It's just how you approach it mentally with what matters most. Yeah. How you move through the grind. Amen. So 
Your next topic is what are ways you empower people to manage their own wellness? Oh, yes, that's a huge one. Gosh, you have some big topics to cover. That's I'm right. I'm so glad. <laughs> I know I, I saved them because I know you can answer them. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for your trust in me. No problem. <laughs> that's it's a beautiful question, though, when you think about it, really, because I'm a mental health therapist, right? So that's right. Folk, folks come to me when they're feeling like they can't they can't do it on their own. And that's the point. Now it happens that the people that I work with tend to be the folks who wait until the very last second. Like my world is spinning out of control. I guess I can't do this on my own. And so they are at their very last straw. They just can't do it anymore. Um, that's the, those are the folks that tend to come to me. They're, um, they tend to be, you know, a high achieving, like get, you know, stuff done, do your spreadsheets and your color coding. They're very organized. They are used to doing very well, being very successful. And so when something happens that they're not able to move through with ease, it really tears them up. So how do I empower folks to help themselves is to first be their soft place to land. So this, what this does is it encourages a sense of vulnerability and a, a safety around being vulnerable and inviting someone into their lives to help them create some skill around what they're handling. So then in a therapy office as well as I'm a fertility coach too. So there's, there's accountability for both of these, right? So I'm an accountability partner for as a therapist and as a coach, especially as a coach. So we give skills and we set um, what they call smart goals, right? So like these um, achievable, small little micro micro goals for folks to aim for before we talk again. And then I gently hold them accountable. The point is that you over time won't need to touch base with somebody. You'll have built that muscle. You'll have learned to use a set of skills or a skill. For example, uh, I deal with folks with a lot of trauma, right? And so when we deal with trauma, the brain and the body hold very deep memory for the trauma, especially the body. And sometimes the body will have physical reactions to trauma before the brain can even think, what am I being, what am I feeling traumatized about? And so I teach skills to help teach the body how to chill. Well, I can't do that skill for you. You have to do it. And so when you learn to do that, and then you have a triggering moment, a triggering, a very traumatic memory moment, and you use the skill and it works, ah, self-empowerment. You just did that on your own. You just did that. And you can continue to do that for yourself. So teaching actionable small things and creating a soft place to land when things don't go right. That's a, it's a beautiful process in order to support folks self-empowerment. And it's really a process that means ups and downs and, you know, East and West, it's like all over the place, but with this overall trajectory of just getting stronger and stronger and helping oneself. That is the ultimate goal, by the way. I always say, my job is to work myself out of a job. I want you to know how to use this stuff and maybe not need a therapist, but if you do, that's great too. But the point mm -hmm. is to, for you to learn how to do those things. 
It's like, here, I'm here to help you through the process, give you the tools. Now you have to do the rest. Yeah. 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 And most, most people, when they practice the tools and the skills, they don't realize, they don't initially realize how capable they really are until they do it. And they're like, wait a minute, that's it. I just did it. Yes. You just did it. <laughs> yes. That's it. That's the thing. And they're like, whoa, I can do this. And you're like, yes, yes, you can. You can do this. <laughs> and you're still going to mess up every once in a while. It's totally great. That's a just like those cobwebs. It's another opportunity to learn what doesn't work. That's great. You're, you're like fine tuning. Find out what doesn't work. Move on to the next thing. You definitely got to have the ability to get up. Yeah. 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 And sometimes, sometimes getting up means crawling. Right. <laughs> so you got sometimes it. it means you're not standing on two legs, right? Sometimes it means you're scooting on your butt, like to the next thing, <laughs> but, but you're still moving, right? And you're like, well, in, you're like millimeter by millimeter moving toward the next thing. It's all okay. It's like, I'll get there eventually. It's just, it's going to take me a little time though. Yep. And I'm going to be gentle and kind and self-compassionate in the process. It's okay. The self-talk comes in, right? They're like, but everybody else is feel, like feeling fine and they're doing better and they look so great. Eh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There are also people who aren't doing as great as you. So why compare yourself to other people? Compare you to you. It's one of my favorite quotes. True nobility is not being better than anybody else. It is being better than you used to be. I always like to say nobody can be or do you like you. That's right. Completely impossible. Because everybody can do what everybody else is doing. Then I guess we live in a perfect world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we don't need to be separate. We don't need to be individuals, right? We could just be all one. Hmm. Maybe we are all one, though. Anyway, we're all facets of each other. <laughs> That's right. We can use the walk and move around instead of crawling around then yeah 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 eventually and this is back to your first question about partnership um there may be a person who can help um you stand but helping you stand doesn't mean pulling you to standing it means being there while you're still crawling and then moving with you as you're able to stand um it's a different process it's not like come on let's get better let's just do better no, I'm here with you hanging out in the sludge and the mud and the darkness, and I'm just going to be here with you. I'm not pushing you to anything. I'm not pulling you toward anything. You do you. Build up your leg muscles so you can stand up, and I'll be here with you while you're doing that. And that's, I'm here. that's it. You're here. I'm here to cheer you on. I believe you can do what you need to do to get to your destination. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So... Your next topic is why are spiritual practices helpful when dealing with traumatic experiences? Yes. So another deep topic. So spiritual practice. So I'm, I, I work on a mind, body, soul level. That's what I do. I work with energy. I work with very evidence-based grounded sciencey stuff. So I'm a combination of both. Um, a lot of times when we experience difficult times, 
spiritual um, connection, however one practices their spiritual connection. It could just be, I believe in um, a greater part of myself, or I believe in nature or whatever. Um, those sometimes fall, sometimes falter. You know, we wonder how could this happen? How could a, a, a higher being allow this or create this? You know, so it's sometimes questioned. Um, but I think that when you let go and lean into things that are difficult, that is allowing this spiritual practice. That is a spiritual practice. That is. Right. You're able to let go and allow things to happen. So I'll, I'll make this a context in the fertility world. The very sciencey grounded thing is that when you are in a state of constriction, like constantly trying to force a square peg into a round hole, your fertility declines because you're constantly in fight or flight mode and non-essential organs, non-essential cells stop functioning as well. They just rest because the other parts of the body are in action. Like I'm running from a lion. There's no need. I need, there's no need to reproduce right now. <laughs> there's no mm -hmm. need to digest food right now. I need to run. My life is in danger. So when you let go and allow things to happen, that doesn't mean allow literally a lion to eat you. You do need to run. <laughs> yeah, you better run. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But once the lion is gone, right? Here's a difference between animal, the animal kingdom uh, with like, let's just say a gazelle, right? So right. the difference between us and a gazelle is that the gazelle's like, oh, the lion's gone. I can now commence grazing. I can now feed again. I can now procreate again. Humans are like, yeah, but when is it coming back? It's around, it's around the corner. It's going to come back again. So we're constantly thinking about this lion chasing us and we never get out of that fight or flight mode. For fertility, of course, very damaging. The organs try to react as best they can, but it's very difficult. They're not as healthy as they could be. People might feel stomach trouble, have like, you know, um, bathroom issues, not to be TMI, but that happens quite a bit when we're under so much stress. And folks dealing with the pandemic might also experience the same thing. So when you connect to something greater than you, and again, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, a traditional religion of some kind. It can be just something neutral like nature or something like that. There's a letting go process that allows your body to rest. It allows for your body to recover. Our bodies are meant to handle stress. That's why we have the sympathetic nervous system. But in order to re-engage the parasympathetic nervous system, which is a nervous system that's in rest, we need to allow or lean into difficult things. I tell a story a lot about <clears throat> when I was young, I grew up in Southern California. We went to the beach all the time, my sister and I, and there were some big waves at the beach and we would just barrel right into those waves and the waves would churn us and, and like rub our skin on the sand. And we would get all, we would be all beat up at the end of the day because <laughs> we loved being torn up by those waves. But the point is when once we were in a churning wave, we allowed our bodies to move through the churning wave and we knew it would spit us out and we'd be on land again. We didn't fight it because that made it worse. I once got caught in a wave and I tried to um, 
it was like a, I don't, it's like the space between sandbars. It's like an empty space and I'm a wave. The water was churning me inside that and I couldn't get out. And I was fighting, 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 fighting. And I finally realized, oh, I'm fighting. Let me float. And so I, I let my body, I let go. I floated on the wave and I ended up, you know, down the coast a little bit. I was not <laughs> where I started, but I still landed. I was still on land. So the same is true when you let go of your struggles and you, you lean into this higher possibility or higher presence or a greater presence because it's all around us. It's not necessarily literally higher than us. It's greater than us, right? So if you lean into this, whatever spiritual practice you have, it's it's a way of letting go and allowing, allowing something greater than you to take the lead, to take the reins, to help move you. Maybe you won't end up where you wanted to, but you'll still end up in a place that feels safe and feels right. I hope that makes sense. Yes, <laughs> I explain that well? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely makes sense, but I just want to say I'm glad you made it back on land in one piece. Yes. Yes. And there were, you know, there are lifeguards and stuff, but I knew what to do. I knew instinctively I have to float because if I continue to fight, I'm going to, I'm going to lose. <laughs> I'm going to tire out eventually. And salt water, you just float right on top. And I, I knew that, right? So it was the embodiment, the physical representation of spiritually, like letting go, like leaning into other things, taking control for you because you're not alone in your struggle. You're not. And I know people hear that word and they're like, oh, that phrase. And they're like, please, I know I'm not alone, whatever. Other people dealing with the same thing. But I do mean that in the greatest sense of the word, meaning you have folks uh, energies on the other side, guiding you and helping you and directing you. Even if you don't, you don't have to believe it for it to be true. <laughs> right. But like, I've, like, I've never seen a million dollars, but I know it exists, you know? <laughs> right. I know it's there. I've seen it. I just never touched it. <laughs> oh man. It's like, just let me touch it. I'll be all right. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i often say we have to go through adversity in our life in order to grow as human beings that is absolute truth you could just drop the mic right there Devin, and just drop it go ahead <laughs> if i had one i'd drop it yeah <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we have to it's what it's what stretches us that's why i say those cobwebs all those things those these pieces of adversity they're all opportunities they're all right. opportunities to practice to learn to grow and you're gonna fail sometimes and you're gonna be in darkness and you're gonna be in pain and it's still an opportunity to grow that's what creates the growth yeah i totally agree totally so your next question is a two-parter, okay? Okay. So first part, what is past life regression? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you want to say the second part too, or, or should I just yeah. start with that? Sure. So the second half is how is it helpful in healing? Oh, yeah. Woo, yes. Let's get this party started. 
Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite topics. Okay. Okay. So this is a perfect representation, by the way, of science meets spirit. Okay. So past life regression is a type of therapy <clears throat> where you go into a meditative or hypnotic state and you experience what seems to be a past life. The reason why it is helpful for healing, the research shows, is that the experiences that we have in that hypnotic state turns out to match or, or be helpful for a current struggle. So for example, um, I actually uh, trained with Dr. Brian Weiss, who is a big person in past life regression therapy. And he's a, he's a psychiatrist and, you know, very grounded in science. He's Harvard trained, Columbia trained, and there is no like spirituality, uh, you know, in terms of his psychiatric practice. But a woman came into his office who was struggling for depression for years and years and years and um, medication wasn't working. So he finally decided to do some hypnotherapy on her and he would regress her back to childhood. That's what regressing is. We just go back in time and traditional psychotherapy, like from Sigmund Freud and all that, we would go back to childhood and examine some of these, pull up some of these memories to help try to find the source of any struggles for a present day. Well, this woman spontaneously had memories of a past life. Okay. She described everything. She described the year. She described her clothing. She described the people that were around her. Um, and it was interesting to Dr. Weiss. He was like, okay, but he didn't you know, believe this was a thing until <laughs> she kept coming to his office and he kept doing hypnosis on her and she kept regressing to these different lives and decades of experiencing depression began to disappear. Her depression started going away completely. Mm. And this was unexplainable to him. It made zero sense. And so he started doing this uh, more and more research on past life experiences and started doing this work with more and more people and developing techniques to intentionally go back to past lives. And it turns out that people were having the same experiences. So if, if I, for example, I personally have an unexplainable fear of whales. I have really? no idea. I have no idea why wow. I, have the, I know. It makes no sense. Now, does it affect my daily life? No, of course not. I'm not near whales or something. So it's not something I would go to therapy for. But if I were to go, and I have, um, just because I'm curious, I have done a past life regression where I found out why that's a thing for me. Um, the, the intensity of the fear goes away. And the more and more that I that I experience that memory, the more and more that that experience or the intensity of that fear goes away in my present day life. So, others have the exact same experience. Here's the cool thing: people ask me all the time, "Yeah, but is it real?" And what I say is, it doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> matter if it's real. <laughs> all that matters is that you have a benefit in your current, in your present day life. That's all that matters. If there's right. no benefit, if there's no benefit to you in your current day life, if you don't notice any positive changes, then quit doing it. It's not useful. That's the point is that you, you have a benefit 
to this. You want to heal. That's what past life therapy is. It's a healing mechanism using past life memories. I happen to personally believe that they're true because, or they're real because of experiences that I absolutely cannot explain. Um, as I said, I am a, um, grounded in, in science and, um, I love evidence. And when I first heard of past life regression, I was like, yeah, right. That's crazy. But then I heard Dr. Weiss say that past life memories can come in dreams. And I had this very intense dream that I can still remember. And I wrote it all out when I had it years and years ago. And he's like, you know, nowadays it's easy to research past life memories. You can see if somebody existed in the past. And I decided to look up this intense dream that I had. And um, just for the sake of um, explanation and context, in, in this dream, there was a certain building that I was on top of. I was on top of this building and okay. I knew who I knew who I was. So I researched to see if this person existed. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is this. This is who I felt like I was. That's okay. That's just coincidence. So I started doing more and more digging. And sure enough, Dr. Google shows me the building in my dream. Really? What? <laughs> yes. Yes, Desmond. Yes. I'm looking at the picture of the freaking building that I was standing on top of. It is unexplainable. Wow. Completely unexplainable. That was enough evidence for me to feel that it was real. And it still doesn't matter because the question is, how did it positively affect me in my current day life? How does that memory, how does that experience affect me in this present day life? And it did. It improved some symptoms for me. It changed things positively for me. And that's all that matters. So whether or not you believe it's true or not, it, it doesn't matter. All that we want to do with past life therapy is create positive change in your life. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. It covers <laughs> it. Now, I have two things for you. One, if you've seen Free Willy, would you run or would you pet him? Oh, Free Willy is not the whale that I'm afraid of. Okay. <laughs> that's a that's an orca. I'm afraid of a great of a gray whale. A very oh. big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or I was. It's less so. Um, free Willy's beautiful to me. Okay. And of course, now I'm thinking of, you know, Michael Jackson and the song from the movie Free Willy. And now I'm yes. like, so it's all good feels for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then the other part now, have you had any types of dreams like this when you've seen a certain object? in your dreams and then you've seen it in reality like the next day or something like that like this building you were talking about i i have not had that experience again however <laughs> i have had experiences and this is not a past life thing but i have had experiences like um actually about six months ago um i was just sitting hanging out in my living room and i had a thought that i needed to um, look up a former client. Now okay. I never do that ever, ever, ever. I, people have their private lives, right? But for some reason I felt really compelled to look up this former client and it turns out he had passed away Wow. a couple of years prior. And I, I really grieved. I sat in my living room crying and I said, can you please come to my dream tonight so I can just hug you? And 
friggin' A, there he was in my dream and it felt real. And I gave him a hug and I said goodbye and I hope you're okay. And he's like, I absolutely am. Thank you for everything. And and that was the end of the dream. Mm. So that positively <laughs> affected my present day life, right? I felt like I had closure, like I felt great. I felt good about it. I felt comforted. Um, so yeah, it wasn't a past life thing, but I have had dream experiences, dreams of flying, things like that. It's, it's so fun, but no, I have not had that experience again with that building. I will never forget that. Doesn't that was <laughs> for me? Cause I'm, I, that was before like my super spiritual stuff. I'm now very into esoteric topics and things because of this probably, but, um, I, I was a believer that past lives exist after that because there was no, I needed that evidence. I needed it in order to believe that it was real. Yes. Once you have a certain dream like that, it definitely makes you want to investigate further to like, why did I have this yeah. dream? Is this a real thing? Like what's going on? Exactly. Exactly. Well, the, for me, it was just a dream and I always record my dreams. So I write them down. Okay. But the way that Dr. Weiss had said it was that um, past life memories often come in vivid dreams. Now, vi so vivid that it's been like 20 years since I had that dream, Desmond, and I can still see it. Wow. I can still see it in my mind's eye. That's how vivid it was. I knew that I was in like England. I, I can still see the rolling green hills in the distance. I can see myself standing on top of this building. I know who I was with. It didn't make sense. I was in a building with nuns and monks. What? You don't see nuns and monks together in a building. No, 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 you don't. Well, it turns out that this priory existed in England and monks and nuns lived on this on the same property. Wow. Yes. This doesn't I mean, this doesn't exist, right? No, <laughs> like, that's impossible. <laughs> it's completely impossible. But the research that I did shows it to be true. And so I can't, I have no other choice but to believe it. And again, it still doesn't matter because it positively affected my present day life. That's all that past life therapy is for, is right. to affect change in your, in your current life. Well, based off all this information, this definitely has impacted your life because you can think about it 20 years later still. Yes. If any of you out there, anybody listening has had a dream like that where you were not yourself and it's very vivid, um, consider checking it out. Consider uh, doing a past life therapy session, which you can uh, get for free on YouTube. You can get past life regression therapy sessions for free on YouTube. Mm, I have to definitely investigate this because it's like having an outer body experience. An out-of-body experience. Ooh, that's another topic. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> go for it. All right. So I often talk about out-of-body experiences because I work, um, I'm a, I'm a professional counselor, but I'm also a, here's my spiritual side. I'm also a psychic medium and I specialize in spirit babies. So I talk with folks in the fertility world with, um, their babies who have either passed on through miscarriage or they are looking to be born. Well, what happens with when you have an out of body experience is that your essence, your soul has is traveling and, and spirit babies can often meet their parents in that realm. So 
I did more research before I started doing the spirit baby work. Um, and spirit baby work is a whole other topic. I never, ever, ever, ever thought that I could do that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but out of body experience comes up a lot because babies will talk about playing with their intended parents in that out of body realm. So, um, there are some great, uh, some great books out there. Um, one of, one of the ones that I would recommend is called, uh, Ad adventures beyond the body adventures beyond the body by, I believe his name is Michael Bullman, but you'll have to maybe check that out. B U H L M A N. I believe. Okay. Uh, so the, the, the reason why I love that book is because he, um, talks about his own experiences, but then he, others write into him and he has specific techniques for having an out of body experience. So I had, I've only had one really intense out of body experience. It's that I did not know what was going on. I had never heard of an out of body experience. I just woke up in the middle of the night and I was, <laughs> I was floating on my ceiling. What? That's yes, Desmond. That's the only way that I, I was floating on my ceiling. I was looking down at my bed, looking at my body sleeping, looking at my husband's body sleeping. I could see the positions we were laying in. I could see my bed. I could see my bedroom. I could feel the ceiling behind me. And I freaked out so bad that I slammed right back in my body and I sat up in bed. <gasps> I was like, what? what just happened? And I looked over at my husband and there he was sleeping in that same position. I mean, that was absolutely bizarre. And um, I didn't even... I didn't even research it further to find out what that was. I didn't find out until like a decade later what had happened. Right. Uh, but I, I told my husband about it. I had the weirdest dream. You know, I just thought it was a dream, but it was again, one of those intense things. And so I wrote it down and I looked at it de a decade later when I was researching out of body experiences. And sure enough, it that's, that's what apparently it was. But they, the researchers also say that flying dreams Dreams where you can fly are usually an out-of-body experience. So if you've had any of those, um, that's usually what's going on, where you get to explore other areas and things. There's a lot more that I can say about out-of-body experiences and why we have them and things, but that's those are the basics. It's different than past life regression. <laughs> <laughs> They'll sound like polar opposites. Yeah, you're still yourself. You're still in, a, in an out-of-body experience. You're still your soul. You're not a different person. In a past life, the past life experience too, you're still, your soul essence is still the same, but you're a different like character on the, on the stage of life. Do you know what I mean? Like you're a different yes. character, but in the out of body experience, you're still like you. Yeah. So have you ever heard the movie Insidious? I have, I believe I've watched it too, but I don't remember it. Yeah. It also talks about, um, an out-of-body experience, like uh, this kid can go to another world where there's like bad souls and stuff like that. Like his body's still in the bed, but he can go to another place while he's still asleep. That sounds like out-of-body, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, now I have to see it. Yeah, so that reminded me of that movie because there's a few of them. There's like, I think, four or five movies in the franchise, and they talks about different out-of-body experiences and stuff like Ooh. that, so... 
Well, I'll tell you what, movies, Desmond, movies often have a lot of truth in them. They're they're shielded behind some fiction, but they they have a lot of truth in them. So I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt. Now I have to see the series. That's very cool. Yes, I don't know if you're into horror movies or anything like that, but I like horror when it's like paranormal stuff. I'm not really into like blood and guts, but paranormal stuff, yes. Yeah, this is right up your alley then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, you already start answering my next question, talking oh, about how, how do you empower people to connect with their own spirit babies without a medium? Ah, well, there we go. Yes. Already opened up that door. Right. <laughs> Again, this is one of those things where I say I'm working myself out of a job because I feel like everybody is a medium of sorts or is able to psychically connect to others on the other side. I feel like we are educated out of our sensitivities that way. Um, little kids are able to do this very well. Like they see things that we don't see. Um, animals can do this, right? They see things or hear things that we don't see or hear. Um, but you can train this skill like any, like any other skill. So what I do when somebody comes to me for a spirit baby session is uh, do an initial reading, right? So I, I connect to the spirit baby realm and sometimes other, um, folks to like ancestors or guides or this kind of thing, if they're connected to the spirit baby process. And then, um, we, I provide evidence that, that they're there. So they'll talk about the person's life and what's going on in their life so that the person has like, okay, yep, that makes sense that, yep, that's happening. Yes, that's happening. Um, and then, um, baby will give some messages and then the person's able to ask whatever questions they want. We always end the session with like quote unquote homework. So here are the things that you can do on your own to connect with your specific spirit baby. So sometimes, gosh, I can give you all kinds of anecdotes, but, um, one, one that I just had recently, the, um, the baby, I, this was like her second session. And the, in the first session, the baby said, I want, I'm going to show up as a bird. And I said, pay attention to birds that act strangely, especially because that's how that's probably baby. So the second session that I had, I was like, why is he showing me now? I don't remember this first session. I see lots of people for spirit baby. So I don't remember everybody's right. session. So in the second session, I said, why is baby showing me a bird hitting a window. And she was like, Oh my God. <laughs> First of all, you told me baby wanted to show up as a bird. Secondly, I was driving the other day and a bird hit my back window. What? And yeah. She was driving forward. The bird hit her back window. I don't know how that happens, but that happened. The bird was fine and then flew to her side window while she was driving, like flying next to her window. <laughs> She's driving and I'm like, okay, that would be a bird acting strangely. <laughs> Very strange. That's probably baby. So the communication there is for the, in the very beginning, it really is just, hi, I'm seeing you. I acknowledge you. Thank you, spirit baby. Thank you. Then you get deeper and deeper into, into conversation with these babies. Once you learn these skills, once you learn your own uh, Claire's that's what we call them, that clairvoyance, clairaudience, that's that, um, psychic senses that we have. Um, yes. clairvoyance would be seeing things in your mind's eye. Clairaudience, for example, would be hearing things in your, not through your ears, but in your head. Um, this is different than psychosis coming from a mental health background. It is different than psychosis. Okay. Um, 
but so when you get used to these skills and these sensibilities, then you'll start to have deeper conversations. Clear cognizance is a big one, just a knowing. Um, I think I mentioned having a knowing before that I needed to Google my former client. It was just a knowing. That's clear cognizance, where you just know something without knowing why you know it. Um, so that's where deeper conversations and communication with spirit baby comes. So all of this is practice, like anything. If I said to you, hey, Desmond, you really need to learn how to play volleyball really well, that means you need to go out and like practice volleyball. That's what you very, need to do. Very practice. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You just have to practice it. You know, at first you might suck, but after a while of practicing, 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 you get really skilled and good at it. And then what ends up happening is that you turn to the coach for fine tuning things or for validation or for corrections if you need. That's the same thing with a medium. You don't really need a medium anymore, but it's nice to go to one to get validation or fine tuning or that kind of thing. It's all about repetition, rinse and repeat. Yes. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, I've never heard spirit babies before, so I was happy to ask that question. Yeah, I hadn't either. To be honest with you, I had not heard of spirit babies before a few years ago. Um, I didn't know it was a thing even – so the first time that I had an experience of spirit babies, I had no idea what was going on. I thought I was going crazy. Um, I thought I was experiencing some kind of psychosis because – this was very real in my mind's eye and I couldn't explain. And then it was becoming real outside of me. So like these babies were messing with my radio and moving things in my house and stuff. I couldn't explain this. Um, and so I found out years later that that's what was going on is that these were spirit babies that had, that uh, had passed on. So it's an, it's a fascinating topic. There's a book called spirit babies by Walter McKitchen that I would recommend if anybody's listening and wants to learn more about that. It's very interesting. Very. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's cool stuff. Uh, but I don't know how I would feel being asleep and being out of my body, seeing myself laying there. That would be quite oh, scary. Dude, it was creepy. <laughs> that would be quite scary. I'm like, uh, can I go back to my body now? In, in second, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> am i dead right that's what it feels like am i dead i didn't even have a thought i would just freaked out and and when that happens you just slam right back in your body you just do um so but yeah and folks who talk about practicing out of body experiences often talk about the initial fear and the fear keeping them from you know, adventuring outside of their body. So it's, again, another thing. It's like the volleyball, Disney, you have to practice, practice, practice. So, yeah. Practice makes perfect, as I like to say. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, it is, I, I only had that one experience, that intense experience that was creepy. <laughs> now, but I'm curious about it now. <laughs> so what would you do if you experienced that again? I right now, because I haven't practiced, I would probably still be fearful. I probably okay. would. Um, but eventually I do want to make a concerted effort to practice this skill over and over. I did start this at the beginning of the year and then got distracted with other things in business. So I didn't, I didn't continue practicing that, but I do intend to, I have a feeling in the beginning, I'll be scared and go back in my body. But over time, I have a feeling I will be able to adventure out. 
I feel like when strange occurrences like this happen, I think God's trying to tell us something. Yeah? What do you think God's trying to tell us? Hmm. Usually it depends on the situation. Maybe he wants you to see something that may have happened in the past or the present or something that may happen later on down the road in your life. And he's trying to prepare you or try to get you to overcome a situation. True. True. That's also a thing, by the way, future life progression. So you can go to future lives too. To see. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we are invited to see these for a reason. Yeah. I just don't think it just happens out of nowhere for no reason. It's like God is trying to show you something. Yeah. There's the spiritual connection right there. There's a reason. Now, it may be strange to you at the time, but it's a reason why it's happening. Yeah. And conversely, this happens in spirit baby work, actually. Sometimes a person will ask something of their spirit baby and spirit baby is like, I can't give you that information. They'll say, I, I can't say because we're not supposed to know. Right. So that's the converse of it, right? Like, so, you know, we're given information because we're supposed to have it and we're not given information because we're not supposed to have it. So, Yeah. Interesting stuff. I could talk forever about this stuff. <laughs> it's very interesting. I, I like learning about things I never heard of. It makes me want to research it and see why certain things happen. I know. I know. Yes, please do. Please do. I think it's absolutely fascinating, too. Um, of course. I mean, obviously, I'm all excited about this stuff. But yes, please do. Yeah. And I'm glad that you love doing what you do because a lot of people don't get the opportunity to work in in their career choice they have to pick a field that's paying bills and just getting by but when yeah. you get to choose your career it's nothing like it exactly oh my gosh it feels easy i'm like oh my god i get to work today <laughs> this is great yeah. <laughs> i get paid for this <laughs> yeah yeah yep Yep. And it almost feels a little like guilt inducing at first. It's like, oh my gosh, am I supposed to get paid for this? <laughs> like, this is amazing. When I first started doing counseling, I was like, wow, people pay me for this. This is, this is crazy. Never mind. I spent so much money on a degree, but still. <laughs> it's well still worth it, it feels so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at this point in the pod, I usually turn it over to my guests and you can ask me any question that you want. Oh, I can ask you any question. Yes. <laughs> can I be super random? Yes. Go for it. Oh, I love it. Okay. Desmond. Yes. Have you ever danced in the rain? Dance in the rain? Yes. Oh, tell me about it. I was a kid. It was a long time ago. I was, I don't know. I was listening to some song. I, I don't remember the song, but I was just, I wanted to go outside dancing in the rain. I'm not sure why it was real random, but it's something I never done before. Now, of course I made sure it was no lightning around before I did it. So <laughs> that would be stupidity on my part. Hey, let's go dance in the rain. Bow, get shot. Like what? <laughs> no, thanks. No, thanks. Do you remember <laughs> it being fun? Oh, yes. I definitely had a good time. My mom looked at me crazy, though. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I definitely had fun doing it. <laughs> oh, good. I hope you dance in the rain again. Um, you do that again. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was a long time ago, though. But that was definitely, uh, I would call that out-of-body experience. <laughs> mm. 
for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can probably even see yourself doing that in your mind's eye right now. But see, here's the thing, Desmond, we, our bodies age, but emotions never age. That no. joy that you felt, that freedom, everything that you felt when you were dancing in the rain, you can, you can feel that now. You can feel that right now. They don't yeah. age. That's right. You, you always bank and think back to those moments in life. Like, what was I doing? But I had fun doing it. <laughs> yes, you sure did. I hope you can dance in the rain some more or do something else that creates the same feelings for you. Exactly. I try. I try. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, you have infectious laughter. I hope you spread that loud, loud and proud. Thank hey. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, my question back to you is, have you ever danced in the rain before? Oh, heck yeah. Numerous times. Numerous, <laughs> numerous times. I remember one time, this is the most recent, I was, uh, it was absolutely torrential rains, just completely torrential rains. And we had a <laughs> circular driveway and my son was like four or five at the time. <clears throat> and we okay. had a lab, too. we had a dog too. And I, it was torrential rains and I'm like, babe, Let's go out and run in, run in the rain, run around the driveway. And he's like, why? <laughs> I knew that was going to be his response. Like, really? I'm like, because it's fun. So I opened the door and me and the dog, we, we come out and we're like running around in the rain, dancing, laughing. And my son's at the door going, oh, my gosh. Now he's like four or five, right? But he's like, okay. <laughs> we come in like soaking wet. It was a grand old time. Yes, I have oh. many times. I love it. It's a way to make what seems like gloominess be a funny, happy, fun thing. Yeah, turn uh, in your mind, turn a negative situation into a positive one. Exactly. Yes. That's hilarious. Your husband's like, no, I'm okay. Yeah, he was at work <laughs> at that time, but... <laughs> I don't think he would have either. <laughs> He'd be like, uh, hon, are you okay? I'm surprised he didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's going on? Should I be worried? <laughs> I'm like, look, I know his mind. Like, look, I'm not no therapist or anything like that, but you sure you don't want to see someone? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you sure you're okay? <laughs> oh, man. So. Oh, boy. Before we end this podcast, is there any message you would like to leave with the listeners? Also, do you have anything new coming out? And do you want to promote your social media handles? Sure. Um, the very the thing that the first thing that comes to mind when I want to send a message to listeners is to trust yourself. Too many, too often, people look outside of themselves for answers, and I think that if you pay attention in stillness to your inner guidance, you will never go wrong ever, ever, ever. Um, okay. So what's coming out new? I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a spirit baby foundations training that's coming, um, uh, in April, 2022. Uh, that is if you feel like you have a, a spiritual gift, uh, clairvoyance, clairaudience, and you want to be able to communicate to spirit baby realm, I am teaching foundational skills for connecting to spirit baby realm that starts in April. And folks can just go to my website, drmariarothenberger.com and sign up for my newsletter there. It's free and you can unsubscribe at any time and you'll learn more information about spirit baby foundations training. Um, my social media. Yeah, I am on Facebook at Dr. Maria Rothenberger. 
I'm on um, Instagram, Dr. Maria LPC, and I am on Pinterest at Miracles Happen Fertility Center. There you have it, everybody. Please make sure you follow her. And I was definitely looking forward to this interview. I knew it was going to be good. I'm so glad. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, I just want to say once again, like I said at the beginning, thank you for accepting my invitation and be coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Again, thanks for the invite. No problem. Now, go outside and enjoy running into rain when it comes again. Yes, likewise. And everybody listening, too. <laughs> Definitely. Um, be safe and have a great weekend. You, too. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.